0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds.
2: Hi. this is goop yourself the podcast where we talk about everything goop i'm brian rucker
1: i'm aggie hewitt
2: we had a week off
1: we had a week off we had a day a week and a day late now we
2: uh yeah a week and a day late um but we're back i think a lot of podcasts adhere to a lighter schedule over the holidays so i don't really feel bad
1: yeah I don't know. Or, like, I think like the real ones like record something special for you to have, but this, yeah. is, you know, this or, is a little mom and pop <laughs> organization. Exactly.
2: Show. Yeah. Or they'll so, like bank a bunch of episodes beforehand. But ours is.
1: Um, yeah, bank like an episode. Like, we're completely based on Gwyneth and her schedule. We don't yeah. have the lunch. You know, there's nothing we can do.
2: It's so topical because we have to immediately process the, the newsletters that come out every week. Um, yeah. Uh man, I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while except Well, yeah,
1: we usually talk all the time, but we have been doing well we had Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving?
2: It was fine. I mean, you know, uh we didn't go anywhere. I oh, I did make the uh the goop herby roast chicken that they um oh, put yeah. out for Thanksgiving and it was it was honestly really good. Like I highly recommend it uh oh really i yeah. ha- i got a lot of herbs in my csa that week so um i think i you know rubbed it down with sage and thyme and rosemary and then the big twist to this recipe is they have you just cook it in the oven on 300 for three hours
1: oh so it's like super like low and slow and super juicy
2: yeah super juicy uh i was actually surprised that I got like a crispy skin on it. I didn't think that that would do mm-hmm. that, but I guess it like dries it out so much that it it crisps up the skin and um I mean it's Thanksgiving, so you're eating all this other shit and putting gravy on it and stuff. but I would think like even if it was just by itself it was it was you know really juicy lemony oh that's the other thing you uh rub lemon zest all over it oh lemon zest yeah, you make like a almost a little salsa like with the herbs and the lemon zest and the and the olive oil and then and then you just like rub it all over the chicken that sounds pretty good it was great it was yeah i mean goop you know they do it again
1: goop does it again yeah they've always been pretty good with the old recipes
2: and then i made ina gartens sausage and sourdough stuffing which i made way too much of because john doesn't even really like stuffing um so i put a bunch of it, it. yeah put a bunch of it in the freezer and then i made alison roman's some sort of like sour cream chive mashed potatoes which were good but I, they weren't like anything special uh, and then i ordered you know pecan chocolate pie and a pumpkin pie and then you came over and brought us a momofuku crack pie which went honestly faster than our two store-bought pies it went really fast
1: oh my god so thank you yeah that crack pie i've been making it for like the last i don't know three or four thanksgivings and it's like it's definitely like a favorite amongst my family um everybody loves it so i made it again this year I made four of them because i was like making so it ended up being like kind of more work than i would normally do on a regular thanksgiving so i was like making one for each household and then that day i was like giving them out and so i brought one to you and you gave me a batch of like truly delicious um chocolate chip cookies from the what is it neiman marcus
2: yeah it's well it's it i got it as a new york times recipe but it is i guess it the the story is that this was an old neiman marcus cookie recipe that someone a customer asked for the recipe and uh the people at the restaurant or the store said yeah it'll be 250 and it ended up the recipe cost 250 dollars um and then she, so she
1: published it as like pu- yeah bad.
2: i guess so but i'll tell you the secret to the recipe and it's it looks it looks just like almost like a basic chocolate chip um, nut cookie. But the secret to it is you take two cups of like oatmeal of like oats, raw oats, and you blend it. So it's like a fine oat mixture that you mix with the regular flour. So it's like a combo regular and oh, yeah. oatmeal cookie.
1: That I think that is why, and that's why people, that's why the crack pie is so good too. Cause of that crust is oatmeal. It's oh. like you make a big, oatmeal cookie and I actually fucked it up this year because I um, usually the oatmeal gets a little bit blended but I like put it in the Vitamix this year and so it was like essentially like a f- like flour because mm-hmm. it like just really killed the oatmeal and I was worried I was going to fuck it up but it turned out good um, yeah so those cookies were great then my I brought so went to my aunt's house and my cousin gave me an apple apple fritter butterscotch or like caramel cake or something that was very oh good God. and then my mother made me a pecan pie so we ended up just having like so many desserts. we had two pies a cake and a like a t- bunch of cookies so we were like we just had too much food. I mean, we ate, don't, I mean, I'm not going to ever complain about having too many like pastries in my house, but we ended up with like so much for just the two of us.
2: I think this year that's common because yeah, people are, you know, seeing fewer people and, and there's more little Thanksgiving dinners that were made. And so, but everyone is, a lot of people at least are making like full things. So everyone just had so much leftovers this year, I feel like.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were, we had, uh, we just like ordered like a pre-made Thanksgiving dinner. Cause I was like, I didn't want to do that. I was like, I'm not yeah. cooking Well, you were baking four though. pies. But I did make four pies, but I didn't want to make turkey and um, all the sides and stuff. I was just like, I can't do that. So you know, whatever we, uh, but it was good. You know, it was like a nice, like chill four day weekend, even though every day is a, it's been like a nine month weekend, but whatever.
2: And now we're going to do it all over again with Hanukkah and then with Christmas. Uh, so we're just going to eat ourselves silly for the next month.
1: Yeah. Which is what December is for.
2: I really do want to do like, I'm not going to do like a eight night, like light a candle every night Hanukkah, but I do want to this year at least make like latkes and uh, I don't know, like short ribs or brisket or something. So something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to do that one of the nights. And uh, we, I light the candle every night.
2: I don't even own a menorah
1: i own well i have my mom lent me quote-unquote lent me hers and i like never gave it back so she, she has like a million so
2: just like a jew
1: just like a jew wait which one having a bunch of menorahs or taking my mother's and not giving it back
2: stealing your mom's and not giving it back
1: <laughs> it's really cute it's like a um it's like a wiener dog oh that is cute yeah
2: oh that, yeah because it's the right the right shape very cute
1: but it's like dalmatian it's like a dalmatian but winter dog mix so
2: we've been sort of doing like a little redecorating in our apartment and it just adding like we i think i've said this on before on the podcast but uh we have like an extra bedroom that uh is like an office. This is where I'm recording right now. But we had a twin size bed in there for like company to come over, and obviously, like no one ever did. Um, so we replaced that with a love seat, and then we got a new couch for our living room too, which is so much nicer oh, wow. than our little couch. Uh, and you
1: got a new couch not that long ago, didn't you?
2: No, I got the, I got the a couch. Flip-flip. Oh yeah, we got a slipcover a few years ago, but the couch that we've been sitting on for seven years was my neighbor's from downstairs. She had bought it, and I guess it was like bigger than she thought it would be, so she didn't want it anymore. I don't know why she didn't. I don't know if she like couldn't return it or whatever, but um, she gave it to us, and so we've been using that for like seven years. Yeah. Um But this one is more modern and more low to the ground, and like a lighter color, so it just opens up our little apartment, and it's nice. really nice. Where'd you get it? Wayfair. Nice. Uh, Want to support the um, child trafficking? Yeah.
1: Oh, I know. the. Um, what's it called? Like the little Susie. <laughs>
2: couch. Yeah. I don't know what our couch. I don't think our couch had like a cool name. It was just, uh, it was like half off for Black Friday.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't do any Black Friday shopping or anything like that, but. I did. uh well, I did peruse Kate Hudson and Rihanna. You know their of their offerings, but um, nothing. I don't know. I skipped both. I skipped the month for both of them.
2: Yeah, probably smart in this economy. In this economy, uh, the only other Black Friday stuff I did, I did buy, and I think this might be my last batch of Bath and Body Works candles I ever buy. Why? I really am growing increasingly concerned that they are extremely toxic
1: (laughs) yeah you did candle day yesterday uh
2: no i did it it was it was actually it was thanksgiving day um everything like all three wicks were buy one get one free i think it's Uh, even cheaper now i probably missed the boat but I yeah
1: yesterday well okay so yesterday was candle day which is like bath and body works like big three wick candle sale that they do every year that people like go and like line up outside and like beat each other up over getting yeah. inside. Cause the candles are 10 or nine ninety five or something. Oh, so yeah. I did wake up early yesterday, um, before work and put in a, r- a rather a substantial order.
2: <laughs> you got me. to, I mean, I, yeah, I got, f- I mean, I fucked myself cause I mine were ended up being 1250.
1: Um. I got a couple when they were, 1250 as well (laughs) but i got more i got i bought three when they were 1250 and i bought nine yesterday
2: whoa okay i don't even feel i only bought six so i don't even feel like that anymore um but i got i mean i got some i got fresh balsam which i love tis the season which a little goes a long way but i love it for a moment um winter candy apple frosted cranberry um, a new one called Under the Christmas Tree, which I love. Oh,
1: I wanted to get that one, and it was already sold out yesterday at 5 a.m. It had already sold out, so I need to tell me all about it. You
2: can you come over and just lean your head into the living I'll room and take a look. i the
1: street, and I'll open your window, and I'm sure I'll smell it. It's, the uh, it's, it's
2: intense. Um, it's not as intense as Tis the Season. Tis the Season is, like, highly, just, like, radioactive. Um uh, yeah under the Christmas tree is mostly the it's like mostly a pine scent um but it's not as pure as fresh balsam there's a little spice to it uh, yeah that's, it, like, it, it it
1: that's what I like about Bath and Body Works like when they blend like oh like <laughs> unexpected um combinations
2: uh but yeah we had a we had a couple going at once yesterday and I was like my eyes were getting watery uh, my
1: eyes get watery as well
2: I have to I, I always have to open all the windows when I light a bath and bodywork scandal
1: okay here's what I got yesterday I got winter which is like they're like kind of one of their standard like wintry scents yeah. I don't know uh rose vanilla which isn't mm. a seasonal scent but I like it marshmallow I got two marshmallow firesides which is my all-time fave snow mountain lodge which oh I've had I that bought. one it's good I bought on a whim. I've heard it's good. I don't know. Fresh balsam. Classic. Twisted peppermint. Oh, yeah.
2: I skipped twisted peppermint this year. Um, I decided to go for frosted cranberry instead. Uh,
1: Well, this is my second twisted peppermint of the year. (laughs) I got uh, Tis the Season. And then I really went on a limb and I'm like, I don't know why. I think I was just like high on buying candles because I never buy shit like this, but I got gingerbread marshmallow.
2: I mean, hey, you know, I'm not judging you that it could be good. It could be. I mean, I think you'll get sick of it quickly, but like, I don't know. Like, it's a good morning scent.
1: My theory is, because like it's the same thing as like Twisted Peppermint or Marshmallow Fireside, where it has this like very sweet component to it, but it also has this like sharper component. So like Twisted Peppermint has like vanilla, but it has this like sharp peppermint that makes it like that, like it just like they offset each other and it's like kind of like a sweet and savory thing. (laughs) And then Marshmallow Fireside, I think is the same because it has the marshmallow, but it also has the like... Um, it's like a bonfire smell. That's really nice. So it's like the combination. So I'm thinking, and I could be wrong. My hope is that the, this will have like the marshmallow, but like the ginger will make, will be like the version of that.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like a, an especially spicy ginger scent, but, um, it'll have, yeah, it'll have more than just like the sugary notes. It'll have like that spice.
1: It'll have the ginger. So, I'll report back. I'll report Sounds back, exciting. and then I have, I have three more candles that I don't even remember what they are. They're just like sitting in my little candle cabinet. Uh,
2: yeah, I still have one from fall that I had that I never burnt, and now it's like acorn picking or something. I know No <laughs> idea what it is.
1: Oh God, I got one that I thought was like truly disgusting. It was called um, gather.
2: Oh, you know I. I like that. I didn't get one, that one this year, but I do like it because it, it, it smells like a mall to me. It smells like, like a, you go into a store that is disgusting, but for some reason I like that smell.
1: To me, it just smells like a dirty apartment, <laughs> like my dirty apartment, but like, it just smells so like
2: sweet. Yeah. It's like sugary, but then there's and like, like a apple. Yeah. There's apple, apple. And there's like a, like a perfumey element and then there's almost like a little leathery undertone too but it's like
1: maybe that's what i'm the apartment that i'm getting yeah like, a leather couch or it's something. sort of I...
2: masculine for bath and body works it's almost like um like a locker room a little bit
1: oh i think it smells like musty yeah musty yeah
2: uh wow it, we should definitely start doing like a spin-off candle podcast.
1: Honestly, that's like not a bad idea. I feel like people would listen to a Bath and Body Works candle podcast.
2: I really I really would love to um start upping my game when it comes to candles and and quit Bath and Body Works forever and really do But
1: Bath and Body Works candles, I mean, seriously, I bought I just yesterday I got 9 candles for 90 bucks. Like you can't get that with like good high quality candles are like they're like $150.
2: They, yeah, like, and they never go on sale.
1: One candle.
2: Well, you can get like a can you get like a diptyque for seventy five?
1: That's a lot of fucking <laughs> is, money That's for one but, candle.
2: But then I I would be like, oh, well, then I buy one special candle instead of six.
1: <laughs> but the thing is, they they burn like they go away. Like know, you need replacing them. It's
2: true. This is um this is the predictam- predicament of our time one of them yeah. at least uh okay oh quickly I just want to talk about a couple of Gwyneth related movies <laughs> Movie. I finally well I finally watched Iron Man 3 mm-hmm. isn't she good in
1: it isn't that, quite, is that the one where, it, she, where she soars down no I'm thinking of the Avengers Endgame
2: no she doesn't she she gets she gets the suit on a little bit but she's mostly like in peril um but I just love, I, I don't know. I guess I really love Marvel movies now. I watched like that one and then I watched Thor 2 and I watched Captain America 2. I'm on phase two right now. Uh, and I'm I'm all in. It's taken me a decade. On the
1: Marvel movies? Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think Gwyneth, I love Gwyneth in the silver suit
2: flying around. She She does look like she's having fun. And she doesn't know what she's doing.
1: Blast! I mean, (laughs) Brian always laughs at me because I've seen like a lot of the Marvel movies because Brian likes them, and I've gone with him to all of them, and I I like think they're fun, especially like, you know, I I always we were going through our like AMC stubs the other night to try to remember like the movies that we saw in theaters because we couldn't remember, Mm -hmm. and um he had this like long list of movies that he saw that like i wouldn't he was like he had to see alone because i wouldn't go like sonic the hedgehog oh, and
2: God.
1: shazam
2: i did see but
1: movie. the ones that i'll go with him too like i'll go see any like marvel or like star wars movie and like i always think that they're pretty fun
2: yeah i think i had a bad attitude for a long time and now i think because i like i didn't have a after i finished um Oh, The Crown. I didn't have like a new TV show I was watching, so I was like, I'll just like go through these Marvel movies, and it's like watching TV, mm-hmm. to me.
1: Yeah, um, it's exactly like watching a like a long TV show because they're like all the same characters, just like having whatever drama.
2: Um, yeah, but, like, and I don't I, mind seeing it at home. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, lo- I love going to a movie theater, but those movies, I'm like, eh, I'll just it doesn't make a difference to me.
1: Yeah um see I do like seeing them in the theater because like I'm not like a fan but I like seeing movies like that like in movie theaters like with people who are like fans of it mm-hmm. who like are anticipating like certain I don't know what they're anticipating but like they're like things that they want to see happen and, like people will like get excited and like clap or be like happy when like a character shows up that they weren't expecting or whatever and like I just like being there for that.
2: <laughs> see, that always pissed me off when I would see them in the theater and I would, there would be some inside joke that I didn't get and that people understood more than I did. And I don't like when people like understand things that I don't. And then it just makes me angry.
1: But I see, I don't think that it. it's like, but it's not like above your head. It's just not something that interests you. So like, I don't, I like when other people I mean, for me, it's probably actually like very condescending. So I'm like, oh, look at them, so sweet. Like, enjoy, but I, I enjoy
2: enjoying their entertainment.
1: Like, like when I saw the last Star Wars with um, Kylo Ren and Daisy. Oh, yeah. And like, there's like this, there's like a subculture of girls on the internet who are like, extraordinary horny for that like relationship to happen like between Kylo Ren and Rey from Star Wars and they I guess like kiss at the end of it and this girl do they kiss at the end of it they kiss right
2: I think yeah they kiss but I don't yeah and
1: this girl was like start just started screaming she was like yeah like she was so happy and I was like I just loved it. Like, I love shit like that at the movies. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, one day, one day, hopefully. Well, now, I mean, movie theaters might be dead forever, but who knows?
1: I, I, I'm I, optimistic anyway. Oh, there's also, um, do you have other Gwyneth Paltrow movie news?
2: Well, this is more of book news, but I, because as we all know, I haven't been able to complete reading a novel in like a year. So I was like, mm-hmm. I need to read a novel of like a story that I already know extremely well. So I don't have to like, it's not like new information that I'm processing. So I decided Mm -hmm. to finally read the talented Mr. Ripley. It's so good. It's so good. I I just got to the part where Tom kills Dickie. I'm like, so I'm like a third of the way through. Uh, And I, the, the depiction of Marge is so fascinating because it does not seem like it's told through Tom's point of view. So to him, Marge is like this dumpy, annoying girl. Who's like not beautiful or glamorous at all. And it's like, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, um, he's what's the thing called when you're a narrator that is. Unreliable. Uh, narrator. Unreliable narrator. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm like, Oh, is she really dumpy and annoying? Or is she really Gwyneth Paltrow secretly, but he just can't see her that way.
1: I just thought that he's like a sociopath and so like he doesn't have any actual use for her and just like despises her and sees her as an obstacle so to him he describes like I think he describes her the way he sees her not how you know we see that we we would see her objectively which is like I think also the point in the movie
2: yeah no totally but I don't I don't know that he is a sociopath in the way that like we would like as someone who Like, I don't think he completely lacks empathy or maybe as it goes on, he becomes more of a monster, but you see, well, maybe he is. I don't know. What do
1: you mean? Because uh, he, I mean, he has desires, but I don't know that he has empathy.
2: Yeah. He definitely has like, like, he has feelings and he, he has passions, but yeah maybe you're right i don't know i think i probably like all his interests are
1: like his own self-serving interests like they're not like there. he there's no like compassion no that's true um and everyone is like a reflection of himself i was just listening there's like this new podcast about lolita that i was just listening to that just reminded me of because i've read lolita like i think i've read lolita more than any other book and it's Maybe my favorite book, <laughs> um, but it just reminded me of how like Humbert Humbert describes his Lolita's mother as this like
2: oh yeah 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 like,
1: Jewish like dumpy woman who's like so horrible, and but like he also describes like any woman who's like over seventeen as being like a disgusting cow and everything. <laughs> because
2: he's okay. Uh, but yeah, literature. I it's it's pretty good people
1: literature right everybody there's news about um Glenn Close had something to say about oh
2: yes I saw this
1: which I thought was sort of pathetic honestly
2: It. I mean so like Gwyneth Paltrow is famously someone who won an Oscar for best actress when she was 26 and Glenn Close has famously never won an Oscar even though she's 106 and now she's (laughs) Resorting to playing like, um, I don't even know what she's supposed to be in "Hillbilly Elegy," just like, a, like a crone. She's just like
1: <laughs> "Hillbilly Elegy" is a book that I read after Donald Trump was elected because I, oh, did, I, I like drank the Kool Aid on like we need to read books like that so we can like understand these poor tortured people, and I'm just really glad that it's finally getting the backlash that it deserves because. The book is literally one of the most insane things I've ever read because everybody knows this at this by now because you've like heard so many people getting mad about the movie. But it's about this guy who grows up in like West Virginia and everyone he just talks shit about everyone that he knows and how they're all just like. Drug addict losers, and they're also stupid, and they should have been like him and gone to Yale and become lawyers and now and be rich, but they're too dumb and too lazy, so fuck them all like that's the like and the only person he has any respect for is the Glenn Close character for some reason, but like everyone else he just thinks is like the scum of the earth, like he doesn't have empathy for I don't understand the point of it because it's not like he has empathy for the people that he grew up with. He thinks they're all idiots
2: yeah i guess i mean i guess that is like the mindset of the conservative and like the capitalist thinking and like that, the
1: bootstrap theory of like well i did it so why can't you do it because you're lazy that's yeah it. if
2: you're like skilled at making money you assume that everyone else is too or that if you aren't you don't deserve happiness. yeah and yeah he,
1: he, he probably is like probably genuinely is like smarter than most of the people like he I think it would be very hard to grow up that way and go to Ohio state and then like get yourself from Ohio state to like a full scholarship at Yale law school. Like that's an amazing accomplishment. And like, it requires like genuine like intelligence. Like I'm, I'm sure that JD Vance, I think is his name. Like, isn't it JD Vance? Is that his Mm -hmm. name? Yeah. I'm sure he's like a very smart person, but like, that's it, that doesn't mean just, but maybe you are like, you have like these like intellectual gifts that you're, you know, that the people you grew up with don't have, like that doesn't mean that they're worthless. Yeah.
2: And like, it's the Ivy league. Like it's, it's almost impossible to, so like, it's just not feasible that everyone do what he did. Like it's impossible in our capitalist society. Like there has to be winners and losers. So like there are going to be more losers than there are winners. And so he, is i guess just okay with that and i don't know um but yeah anyway so glenn close <laughs> has an interview with someone oh with abc news's popcorn with peter travers and which I guess,
1: sounds like not that sounds like a parody show
2: yeah all the yeah the yeah these uh i mean they're they're trying to pretend that like award season is still existing in this normal world when
1: well, I do think that she like realized she made a huge mistake and like probably isn't going to win an Academy Award for playing that old lady in in Hillbilly Elegies who decided to lash out. But anyway,
2: uh, yeah, no, she realizes what she did, and now I think, and unfortunately for her, like, well, who knows, but like, I feel like this was her last chance. Um, unless I'm that Sunset about, Boulevard no remake
1: president, then Glenn Close can win an Oscar next year.
2: Um, but she said. So I guess they, ask her, they asked her about the Oscars in general and she says that you know, it's not necessarily about skill, it's you know, about politics or whatever. Um, so she says, I honestly feel that be, to be nominated by your peers is about as good as it gets. And then I've never understood how you can honestly compare performances. You know, I remember the year Gwyneth Paltrow won over that incredible actress who was in Central Station and I thought, what? It doesn't make sense um and she's of course referring to the great uh brazilian actress fernanda martin montenegro who
1: yeah i thought you were gonna say the great harvey (laughs) one yeah that's (laughs) um right and it's like i don't know i have i've never seen that movie but i'm sure that there are i'm sure there were better performances than gwyneth paltrow and shakespeare in love and like everybody knows that like I'm sure it is very political and like- Of course it is. We've talked on this podcast a lot about like the types of, especially like Harvey Weinstein's Oscar campaigns in the nineties for these like indie actors. Like we both are like sort of just into the, just the idea of that happening, even though Harvey (laughs) Weinstein is obviously like an irredeemable piece of shit and we hate him. But like, um, I do, I also, I feel like to bring that up at this point, after we have learned so much of what was going on behind the scenes and like just how abusive he was and how much that those types of campaigns were like used as kind of weapons against people i think it's kind of shitty to bring it up and say like well she didn't really deserve it it was all political when we know that there was i mean there was so much going on there that yeah it's
2: it's all weapon. it's all political every campaign every oscar and it's just funny that that that's the first example that came to her mind well
1: it's from a time when that was like the easiest target and i think a lot has changed since whatever 2016 or 17 when all of those stories were coming out and people i i would hope that people don't see that oscar race or whatever as just being like gwyneth paltrow not i mean and again never to really like defend gwyneth or whatever but like just to not see her as this like political animal who just like was like ruthlessly trying to get ahead but as a good person who was like also being in in sort of a complicated situation and like just that it's more nuanced
2: yeah i mean she like yeah i would never blame any actor for accepting like like it's I mean I don't and she I don't think she Glenn Close was doing that but it's it's just funny that like over 20 years later for a certain segment of actresses or I guess Glenn Close in particular that Gwyneth Paltrow is the avatar for like the undeserving win when I feel like now there would be so many other examples like Gwyneth Paltrow whatever you might think of her I think people agree that she's like a skilled actress
1: She's a skilled actress, and she also has pretty good taste. I mean, like, yeah, she was in Shallow Hell, but, like, for the most part, like, everything that she has done has been pretty, you know, focused. Like, she seems to have a reason for doing every movie that she does. Yeah. And... I mean, and I mean, she's she's never I mean, been
2: in a movie as bad as Hillbilly Elegy. I mean, maybe Shallow Hell.
1: Right but she's not i mean look at the she chose to do goop and Gwena, with her old age which is she's not old but whatever when she got mature she started goop and when glenn close got mature she did have so i mean it's a taste thing uh
2: exactly uh all right shall we move on to newsletters
1: oh also another big major mm. piece of goop news is megan's pregnant
2: oh yes uh
1: congratulations megan
2: congratulations to megan um which
1: i'm happy for her i honestly i was surprised i thought that megan was gonna want a few more years of i don't know to me megan is just so youthful but maybe that doesn't mean anything i was like oh she's in new york she works at the Goob. she's gonna want to have more years of, of that but i was like oh a child so soon but that's probably my own projection of like my life and not hers
2: i mean she you know she has a great job she has a secure relationship she is ready to be a mother she has stability and she's like she's young but she's not i mean she's in her 30s like she's not like i
1: mean yes like you, know. you have to have a child and you're like that's when you do it yeah. <laughs> i'm <just> insane <laughs> uh
2: but i i did like her instagram post because it was so just sort of like understated and almost cryptic that I don't even know if I was scrolling that I would have like picked up that it was a pregnancy announcement.
1: Yeah, because she just like showed a picture of like her stomach or something, which didn't even look that did not right? Am I it didn't even it
2: bad? didn't even look like a baby bump to me, but she said she said something like, Oh, um, this boy is I hope this boy's like not gonna be crazy like his father or some, something to that effect.
1: Something fun.
2: Um, I'm
1: very happy. I think that the Megan is like the type Megan. We need a like another Megan.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: I don't know. I'm probably saying like smewing all kinds of like toxic and problematic shit. I don't know what to say about people who are pregnant. Congratulations, <laughs> Megan.
2: Uh, okay. We should. I do. Uh, I'm gonna not talk about it for very long because we need to move on. But Bon Appetit had another like racism eruption this week. <laughs>
1: How what how is every single person there has been fired? How is that even possible? Like does it even what happened?
2: Fuck, I guess I have to talk about it. Oh my god. Yeah. It's okay. So um the the December issue is like guest edited by Marcus Samuelson, who is a chef, um, a black chef, uh born in Ethiopia, raised um, in Sweden and is known for mostly Scandinavian food, some African food and new American food, blah, blah, blah. But, um, he published this recipe originally, um, titled Haitian soup jumu, which is a very traditional Haitian soup, um, that usually that it has squash in it, but it usually contains, uh, let's see, beef and um, other vegetables. Oh God, my notes. Um, Let's see. So it has, it's not supposed to be very sweet, sorry. Um, Okay, beef, plantain and potatoes as well as the squash. So his version um, was like a completely different soup that was basically just like a random pumpkin soup with pecans and maple syrup and cinnamon but they called it this this Haitian soup that has a very particular place in the culture um, because it con- commemorates um, the rebellion against slavery. And historically, the soup was not able to be eaten by in- the enslaved people in Haiti. And so the soup is just very meaningful. And this is a completely different soup that they published. Um, so it, then it was the whole cycle of, Internet comments of the other co-authors of this recipe disavowing it and say they saying they have nothing to do with it, and then Bon Appetit um, changing the name on the website to pumpkin soup with spiced nuts and issue, issuing an apology, which they seem to do constantly now.
1: I mean, I don't understand why. You would do something like that. I feel like recipes, especially like soup, salad, like whatever types of recipes are, well, no, they're not. Like, if you, people would be up in fucking arms if you present like a Caesar salad and you like, people don't like it when you put like chicken on it. You know what I mean? Like, people will be up in arms about this stuff. And then to take a recipe like that, that has this like, extremely complex and heavy background and just be like let's have fun with this just seems so just dumb after what they've been through it just seems like why would you why would you do that i mean why even touch that or like why not turn it into like some sort of like anthony bourdain like travel journal piece where you're like actually talking to someone who like can Can speak about what how it is actually made or whatever like why would you do that it just doesn't I don't understand
2: they they still just I guess I don't yeah I don't know like they they still just don't get it and I guess they trusted Marcus Samuelson um but he (laughs) he doesn't have like a background in you know Caribbean culture or Haitian food and then and yeah it's one thing to like have your little twist on it but like there was literally nothing to this recipe that had any relationship to the soup in question, other than the fact that it contained squash, like none of the spicing, none of the other ingredients. It was just completely divorced. So it would be like, yeah, publishing, I don't know, like a, like a Caesar salad recipe. And then it has romaine lettuce, but then it has like figs and, you know, lamb meatballs and, um, I don't know what else, like cheddar cheese cubes. It would just be like completely know, random really
1: like cherry tomatoes on it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like, I do think that there is like, I'm not, I think that modifying or adding to like well-known or common dishes is like fine, but yeah. this is not a well-known or common dish. And also is being presented as like something with this like historical significance. And I I appreciate that it's kind of asking a lot of people of these writers because they're like people who work at Bon aren't like experts in like geopolitics or like they don't know they're not writing for like you know like the Wall Street Journal I don't know why I said the Wall Street Journal <laughs> <laughs> like the Washington Post and like going and like talking to people like all over the world about like like whatever like things that have happened in other countries like they they their expertise and their focus is on recipes so i can understand that it's it might be like a curveball for writers to have to be conscious of this stuff in a new way where it's not like food isn't like anymore just like kind of a light and frivolous section of the newspaper like it is very very serious to people now and it's a way of that you have to cover it because people don't like it
2: and it's like you yeah like the whole point of bon appetit or any sort of new recipe that is published is you need to put a spin on a classic dish or there's no point in publishing a new recipe like you can just look for an old recipe but when a food like bon appetit's audience is is that you know mostly people who wouldn't necessarily be familiar with this dish so like it is the responsibility of the person who writes the recipe even if they modify it to be like oh this is the traditional way of doing it this is what i'm doing to you know to save time or i like this ingredient better or whatever the reason but like to at least have the context the cultural context to what this recipe is and what it means to people regardless if you're like a Haitian food expert i don't know like it seems like the basic research to be like oh this was the recipe this is what i'm doing and like yeah, yeah, and it's it not too hard to ask kind
1: of makes it more interesting i mean to for it to be to know what it is and to have like the to wouldn't you be more interested in reading the traditional recipe even if it's not something that you could recreate in your home kitchen just to like know what it is just out of curiosity because exactly yeah are most people don't make most of the recipes in bon appetit you're just interested in food and how recipes work so why wouldn't you want to know how the, the original recipe is or the more traditional version is
0: yeah
2: it's like it's like a fascinating story and it's a type of food that like I'm not very familiar with. So it would be, yeah, whether, you know, I make it or not, just like, it would be so cool to, to know. And the way that this recipe was published, you would, I mean, I guess you would just take their word for it. Like that. This is, unless, you know, people started, people commented on the, the, the recipe, but if people didn't do that, the Bon Appetit audience would just assume, Oh, this is what the soup is. And be like, Oh, that's weird that this traditional Haitian soup tastes like, you know panera butternut squash bisque
1: yeah <laughs> i mean what a
2: coincidence
1: i know how do you, what do you know i mean people um i mean i can also see how people would be upset if bon appetit was like this is the definitive recipe that is like traditionally made and this is exactly how it's always made when like i know that there would be variations like there are variations in every recipe from like individual to individual how you make something so it's not like there's no way that there's no way to get it 100 perfect because it a recipe will change every single time it's made yeah um but you know they'll i'm sure they can figure out a way to write about food in a way that doesn't have make them have to like issue a retraction and an apology
2: yeah because they're like especially you know talking about a, a cuisine that is not that hasn't crossed over to quote unquote mainstream American upscale cooking. Uh it's not only, yeah, it's not only their responsibility to offer context, it's like literally their audience are people that are interested in food. So like this will be interesting to their audience. It's like so crazy.
1: I don't know. And I don't um,
2: understand uh, but yeah, it's it's just at this point, it's just sort of funny the the ineptitude that this publication continues to have. Week after week, month after month, and apparently, like, no one is working there anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was surprised when you said that because I was like, who, who even works at this place?
2: It's me. No one's in the test. I thought they whatsoever. all got
1: fired or like just like had to like retire in shame. Well, Chris Morocco is still there. Yeah, Chris
2: and Brad are still and, and Andy, Andy. They're all growing it up. Yeah, I think Chris and Brad and Andy are all still there. What um, about Carla? I think Carla's still there. Uh, and Chris, Chris and Brad are still making videos. And then they hired all these poor new people. Have to deal I mean, with the
1: videos must be, I I just want to see what the views are on these videos. Cause they must, they can't be anything close to what they were before. I mean, no with, one is watching this shit. Yeah. It's,
2: right? um, it's crazy how much they fucked this shit up.
1: It's crazy because like they had, oh God, it's too bad.
2: Yeah, it's a shame. Um, But I am really getting more into Food 52, uh, their recipes and Sola's videos on from them. And it's just a cool website that I never really explored that much before. And I really like it.
1: There's a video if you search called the Collapse of Bon Appetit, that's just like all their faces with like big red X's over everybody who quit. (laughs) And it's like really Okay, wait, let's see. Like Brad learns how to compost on It's Alive. This is a video from one week ago.
2: How many views? It has
1: three hundred and thirty-five thousand views. I think that's really bad.
2: That's a lot, but it's like a quarter, it's like a quarter. It's
1: actually like when I worked at BuzzFeed, if your video got that, it was considered like a huge failure. If anything under a million was considered really bad for like the big um, like the big YouTube channels like that. But then compared to Pro chefs make thirteen kinds of pantry pasta, which has Claire, Brad, Chris, Gabby, Andy, Sola, oh, Emil. Remember him? And he was yep. an he was like the ally that got fired. Alex uh, Delaney. Oh, he's gone too, huh? No, I don't Carla. think they ever.
2: I don't think they ever fired Alex Delaney. I have no idea.
1: Well, um, this one has three point two million views, so it's a totally different ball game. Wow. Oh shit. Oh no, that's a joke. I
2: wonder what Adam Rappaport is doing now. He's probably just out in the Hamptons having fun.
1: Um.
2: All right, we got to move on. Oh,
1: he's fine. Sorry, I'm just like looking yeah. at how many views all these videos have. Oh, Brad uh, has a, it's a live video from three months ago with three million views. That's pretty good. Three months yeah, ago, I, like, the cancellation had begun. Okay, anyway, sorry.
2: I think I think Brad's um, audience is rabid and he'll be he'll he's sort of probably yeah pulling up yeah
1: well whatever i'm never watching him again
2: um did you see he he like peed on his instagram story what
1: no i didn't he
2: like like he was at some
1: like a jeffrey tubin situation
2: (laughs) no he did it on purpose though i don't think he he didn't show his dick but um he was there was some like he was at some ski resort during like before the snow came and there was like a, a sledding shoot like a cement slide type of deal and he just like peed on the um the slide and you and posted it and it was just very Why? Strange. uh because he's a he's a bro i don't know he just likes to to mark his territory himself peeing? yeah all right anyway okay we got to move on sorry this is like crazy how long we're hanging. I know
1: let's just blast through this thing <laughs>
2: yeah okay well uh, goop newsletter this is what we do every week on this podcast goop yourself we talk about the goop newsletters aggie what was your best of the week
1: my best of the week was well it was actually almost going to be my worst of the week and then I changed it to best it was the morning routine with lauren napier the mm. co-founder and ceo of lauren napier beauty um so I, okay. So the reason that it was almost my worst was because it begins this way at 5 15 AM. She wakes up. She was a flight attendant right out of high school, worked at 5 AM with no caffeine. And then when she became a makeup artist, she has to be on set at four. So I guess she just like automatically wakes up. She says it's her body clock. And she said for the first at 5 AM, she wakes up and does horizontal office work for 30 minutes.
2: What is that? Does that just mean like writing in bed?
1: It means she's like answering emails and stuff on her phone without like drinking coffee or getting up or doing anything for herself. Like she wakes up at 5 a.m. and just like immediately starts working on her phone. And I'm like, that is not aspirational to me and like sounds really dangerous, but (laughs) she was like, look, and and scrolling social media for a few minutes. And she goes, it's not healthy, but it's an unshakable habit. So I was like, well, she's honest about like, she's being honest because if I'm being honest, when I wake up, I usually like scroll fucking social media for a few minutes myself. And like, so does everybody. But most of these goop women, like never admit that that's what they do first thing in the morning. Like they're like, Oh, like I wake up and like, my phone is like, on fucking Pluto. I don't even think about my phone. I'm too busy. Like getting on my mat and grounding myself and like drinking this elixir. But like, they probably grab their phone and like scroll Instagram for 15 or 20 minutes.
2: Yeah. And she's, this lady's at least forthright about it. Uh, Yeah. She's
1: like forthright about it. And then she's like, I don't know. She just kept on being, Oh, and then she talked about how then she meditates and she goes, I start out resolutely, but often end up thinking about something I said in high school.
2: That's funny.
1: Um, It's like, yeah, like this shit sucks. Like meditating and, like i i don't know i was like i actually relate to this so much and she's just like really i mean you know she's goopy and she's like still on a yoga mat at 5 am and like meditating or whatever but she's like you know she's not pretending that like oh like i need this otherwise like i can't keep track of my busy hectic life she's just like very you know
2: i mean she's being honest about like even even people that have it completely together and wake up super early and do all these goopy things, you're still your mind is not a hundred percent there and you're still like acting like a human being. <laughs> and she's writing about yeah,
1: it. Yeah, it's like you're still a person. I don't know. So I actually really appreciated this. Um
2: what is she's like a celebrity stylist? What does she do?
1: Makeup artist and makeup she artist. has a makeup company.
2: Good for her. She's very pretty. Yeah. Uh, So
1: that was my best. What was yours?
2: Okay. So, and I want to preface this by saying, I don't, I'm not going to do this. We've talked about Prolon millions of times. We've had feedback from people that did it saying it's not good and not worth it. Yet my best was this eight Prolon strategies from a three timer.
1: See, this was almost, wait. This is my worst.
2: It it (laughs) made it, it made it seem doable and much like your stylist that you talked about. I feel like this woman has a more honest, I mean, even so she is a crazy person who does. She's what?
1: Makeup artist.
2: Oh, sorry. Makeup artist. I thought that's what I said. Um, This, I don't know what this woman is. Her name's Dana Emmer. um, And she's done ProLon three times and she makes sure not to give her kids the prolon soups she adds salt and pepper and she has eight different um pieces of advice and it just made it seem like okay i can do this and i sort of i need to do something right now because i was my my diet had been so good over the summer and the early fall and then since like the weather's been cool i've just been eating pounds of sugar every day
1: i mean it's the holidays yeah
2: um and she claims after Prolon, she didn't even crave a Krispy Kreme.
1: I do feel like when you cut sugar, like you start to crave it a lot less and you're like,
2: what will this do for me? Like when that's I've like... never gotten there.
1: But you, what about over the summer when your diet was good?
2: I still like didn't completely uh, get rid of sugar. I just was um, eating less of it somehow. I don't even know why, how.
1: I'm starting to become, and I never thought this would happen, but I really am starting to become like truly anti sugar. Or like a sugar, like once a week, like cheat day type of situation, which people also advise against. But it's like, I feel like when you do that, you just start to have this new appreciation for it where you're like, this is just sugary food that makes me feel bad. Like it's not that worth it
2: it is um yeah i mean it's like it is like a drug or like it 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 hits your your dopamine and everything in a way that is not similar to other types of food and i guess i guess i've never seriously tried to cut sugar out completely um that could be something i try in the future but uh it seems very daunting and yeah i don't know when i mean when do the cravings go away like how long does it take
1: I don't know I mean I'm sure that it's not like I've my cravings have ever well actually like I really don't I don't know it it might just be a temporary thing but like I haven't even been craving sugar very much lately at all since I kind of cut it out for like just like a week or two
2: I guess that's I'm like I I've pretty much cut out cheese Uh Um, In the past few weeks. And that was way easier than I thought it would be. Uh, Mm. Because I was I was eating cheese. I mean, I told you I was eating cheese, like, literally, like, at least once a day, like, probably almost like every meal, I would have some sort of cheese. Yeah. (laughs) And it was a disaster. But now I feel like I've just replaced cheese with sugar. And now I'm eating like a cookie after breakfast, or like, uh, Trader Joe's has those little boozy truffles which I guess you shouldn't oh, yeah. have because they have alcohol in them too, but I like eating those during the day. It's a disaster.
1: Maybe I should get those.
2: They're so good.
1: I used to love those. Those little, my grandma used to have those at her like fancy Christmas Eve party. Mm-hmm. Those like tin foil wrapped, like they look like bottles of booze. Oh yeah. And they were wrapped in like the like shiny foil, like pink and yellow foil. And they had like a little bit of like brandy in it or something.
2: Those are great. I loved also the, I love the like, the booze-soaked cherries in chocolate. Mm -hmm. They're so good. Um, But yeah, with the Prolon stuff, every time I read an article, I get sucked in. uh, And yet I know this will not really be beneficial physically or psychologically.
1: No, I think that stuff is like really dangerous. And I'm like, I don't know. I can't deal with it anymore. I was like, why is Goop still writing this stuff? It just feels like, I thought everybody was kind of beyond like the idea of like a fast or like a really heavy elimination diet or whatever, but I guess we'll never really be done with it.
2: No, I mean, they have really, they've like stopped calling it a fast and they, they cannot even mention weight loss when advertising these things now. Yeah,
1: which is also so disingenuous and annoying. Like this is the other thing that I think like kind of makes diet culture work even less than it used to which is that now you have to pretend that it's not about weight loss it's about some other problem that's even worse it's like i think having a little bit of weight that you'd like to lose is way less of a problem than like we're going to cure all these like you yeah. know chronic ailments that you have like you have these problems in your life that we need to cure with our bullshit and don't worry it's not even about weight who cares about weight it's about you it's about who you are as a healthy person and it's like this is not losing 10 pounds or 20 pounds or fucking 50 pounds is like a if that's what you want not everyone has to or should do it but if you want to is like a normal manageable idea that a person can have and like still have a sense of self-worth if they fuck up and be like oh god I have a weight problem or for to me right like not in not objectively but if that's how you feel but like it's such a different thing when it has to be reframed in this culture of complete self-improvement and like we're going to change everything about you
2: yeah I mean it, it it's become even more unattainable since it is yeah this 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 sort of holistic uh ephemeral vague notion of of wellness and 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 equating uh physical perfection with with your 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 mental health and your self-esteem um yeah i don't i don't think i agree with you that like i mean the diet culture is is and has been like really horrible and detrimental but i don't think what has replaced it is any better (laughs)
1: I mean, I think it's gotten worse. I just, I, diet culture hasn't gone away. It's gotten worse. It's the, this is the neoliberalism that we're talking about all the time. Like this is exactly what it is. People are like, we don't want this weight loss shit anymore. It doesn't work and we don't like it. And they're like, Oh yeah, we, we don't like it either. It's like, don't say, Oh, oh, you want to defund the police? Well, actually what we mean is just like, you know, we think that the police maybe could be like sort of better or something. I don't know. It's like, oh, you don't want to be on a diet anymore? Oh, well, no, this isn't even a diet. What are you talking about? This is a holistic program that's going to change everything about you from the ground up because you have all these other problems. Not your weight. Your weight's a side effect. But what about everything else that's wrong with you?
2: Well, because because eating less and buying less food doesn't make money for anyone and doesn't, you know, grease the wheels of capitalism. So they need well, to- Well, these
1: people can't go, I mean, yeah, like, it's like Weight Watchers had to change their name to just WW, but everybody knows what it stands for. Like, it's why are we pretending <laughs> that we're not trying uh, to lose weight? I
2: well, it. there. I mean, I think there will be a swing. I mean, maybe we'll go back to the 80s and 90s, just a complete 180 degree shift to pure calorie counting again. Just, well, just to own the libs. <laughs>
1: Everybody knows that if you want to lose weight, that's all the only thing that really works.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. What was your worst?
1: This was my worst.
2: Oh, the uh, prolon. Yeah. Um, okay. My worst was, uh, unfortunately, because, you know, as everyone knows, I am now a reader again. and love literature. I was, I went into like the December book club, like it's called Nine Unexpected Narratives for your December book stack. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm open to it. I'm gonna read all, like I love reading now. Um, these books are gonna be great. And then I looked at them and they all, just, I'm sorry, they all look boring. I don't know, it's, it's, I'm sure it's me, it's not them. They're, these are obviously extremely talented writers and I love people fulfilling their artistic ambitions, but they all just look so fucking boring. What's Um, on there? It's okay. So the December book club one is the number one, and it's called The Shadow King. It's a novel about a woman who it's like 1930s Ethiopia and Mussolini's invading or something. And then there's like, um, then there's there's like, let's see, there's a couple poetry books which I'm like, that's just a non-starter for me. there there aren't any like fun i mean i guess it's winter but i'm like i want like a fun beach read and all of them just look so depressing uh there was one called cheeky which was a memoir and it was it says a graphic and oh yeah that's the other thing that is a non-star with me it's graphic novels and this one is a graphic novel about body acceptance <laughs>
1: and i'm just like you ever read one
2: uh, I read Fun Home.
1: I read Fun Home too. I liked it. And I read um oh god. that I read something by the you know Chris Ware. No. I've read some of he I I don't know. I've read some of his stuff. I, I'm I think that the graphic novel is okay.
2: Again, I I don't think there's anything wrong with the graphic novel. It's just the way that my my brain works. I I do not um it's like retain information or learn things visually like through pictures like I need words and so it's it's just honestly very hard for me to read and understand graphic novels because you you have to you have to take in the visuals and 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 see the pictures as well as reading the words and it's 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 so interesting
1: because you because you love movies so much
2: yeah, but I wonder I bet I bet there's a lot, I think I've had to train myself to like um to try to understand like the visual language of film and that's something that doesn't come naturally to me. Um and I wonder if it's something that about you're you're hearing it too and for some reason that makes it easier for me. It's like it's like see like graphic novels it's like you're seeing words and you're seeing pictures So it's like your eyes are having to do two things whereas with movies it's like you're hearing the words and seeing the pictures I don't know if that makes sense but
1: yeah I mean I definitely am a very visual person um but I do uh like I do feel like look what reading graphic novels is like a less immersive experience like than reading a book, like you can't. I've never gotten like lost in a graphic novel the way I I would get lost in a regular novel. Um, I always feel like a little bit more disconnected from the material. Yeah. Than reading it. Um, but I still can like I still appreciate it from time to time.
2: I I think because like re- reading a normal like a, a regular book, it's like linear. You're reading from left to right and going up to down up you know, and just, and sort of reading it. And then a movie is like, you're just staring at the TV or whatever. And it's like going over you, but then graphic novel, it's like, you have to, f- and I, I'm sure this gets better with practice and people who are skilled at reading graphic novels understand how to do it. But it's like, I sometimes don't even understand really what order I'm supposed to read things in or like.
1: Yeah, I always have to, I, cause I'm not used to it. Like I've never, I was never a big, well, I read, I loved Archie, but that mm. was it. Like that was the only like. <laughs> Me topic too. I ever read As a kid. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I would go to the comic book store as a kid and uh get Archie comics and um I love Lucy trading cards. <laughs> and yeah, me
1: too. I me too. And I used to get um Barbie trading cards as well, okay. which were so cool. Uh, but yeah, I definitely don't need a, a graphic novel about body acceptance. No.
2: Um and then Yeah, there wasn't even like a thriller or like a romance. I was just wanted something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, because I feel like I don't know. I feel like there must be another book version of the book that that uh the undoing was based on or something. Like there exactly. isn't there always something like that?
2: You'd think. Well there I feel like S- like Scandinavian uh murder mysteries were so popular for a while and I feel like they've gone out of fashion, but I feel like that was like the, the beach read of the winter was like the the Nordic noir.
1: Oh yeah. I think that they fucked it up with that movie where Harry Hole.
2: Yeah, I love that. Um, But we still have all those books. There's like a whole series of Harry Hole books, so we could read those. Harry
1: Hole. But I never liked any of those books. Like, I never read The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I feel like I, because don't those all start with like a a 15 page, like violent rape or something?
2: Yeah, I definitely read all of them. Uh, I don't know if they start that way, but they definitely, I mean, they're not any more graphic than anything else. Honestly, I didn't think. Uh, And I liked all the sort of food and coffee culture that they talked about. I don't know. I still like those Um, books.
1: All right, maybe I should read. Well, no, I'm not going to, but yeah. I'm good.
2: Uh, the Undoing. Oh, man. What a show.
1: I loved it and I loved the ending, but. I, yeah, I liked
2: um, it too. I didn't have a problem with the ending. Uh, okay. What? You
1: know, the, the book was apparently like really Jewish. Like they were all Jewish and they oh, were weird. like Jewish things happening all the time. And then they just took that out.
2: Uh, I would love to see Nicole Kidman play a Jew. I don't think she's ever done it was virginia wolf jewish no
1: no
2: i don't think so she did have a schnoz on her though
1: i feel like virginia Woolf feels like one of the least jewish people but i don't know I,
2: yeah I, I feel like nicole kidman's hair has some jewish tendencies because <laughs> it's like a little curly
1: <laughs> yeah i felt like her coats in that movie kind of in that show had like jewish tendencies
2: <laughs> And I am fascinated by British Jews, so it would have been interesting to see human. Oh that's me. That is you.
1: Technically. Yeah. Kind of, not really. Well, but, but
2: you, yeah, yeah, you're half and half. I'm talking about, you know, people who and fled raised. the pogroms and, and went to North London, like uh, Amy yeah. Winehouse's grandparents.
1: Oh my God, yeah.
2: Uh, okay, what was your craziest or saddest?
1: My saddest was the French fries in the air fryer, speaking Uh-oh. of weight watchers
2: uh oh like
1: something that would be in a weight watchers like article because I also still I also want everyone to know I still su- subscribe to weight Watchers and have for probably five years, and um they always have like articles like this, like how to make veggie fries in an air fryer, and then they like also sell like a cheap air fryer. Mm. And I read those. I read that as well. (laughs) That's like the other thing I read besides goop.
2: So. Yeah.
1: They're just, I mean, I I don't know. I just, I didn't feel like this was a very goopy article. I didn't think that it was very exciting. I mean, I was just sort of, I I don't know. It just felt sort of like basic and kind of. uh,
2: It's extremely basic. so to be honest, this is what I would try.
1: Okay. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't try it. I'm just saying I didn't like it.
2: Um, because I did actually just get the air fryer attachment for my instant pot.
1: Oh really? Oh, there's an air fryer attachment.
2: Yeah. It's like a lid. It's like you replace the regular lid with an air fryer lid. How much is it? It's, uh, it's like 70 bucks. It's not—it's not that honestly that much cheaper than a regular air fryer, but um, it's—it takes up slightly less space, even though it actually takes up way more because the the lid is like gigantic, so it doesn't even take up that much less space.
0: Mm.
2: So I don't even know that I would recommend you get this, um, but I have tried it once, and I with just like some Trader Joe's frozen food that came out really well, and now I am curious to try these French fry recipes because I feel like. I'm sort of glad that they're basic and simple because the air fryer is like a weird way of cooking things. So I feel like I want to, I want to start very basic and, and, and figure out my own relationship to air frying. And I feel like this Worthy is a good it, yeah. um, starter recipe.
1: Yeah. I need to get an air fryer. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really doesn't do anything different than an oven. It's just like, it only takes a minute to preheat. And I don't even think it makes it like crispier. If you like put stuff in the oven for a while, it, it's crispy too. So I, it, it, I don't know that I um, wholeheartedly endorse it, but it's interesting. Okay.
1: Well, maybe, maybe not.
2: Um, okay. So my craziest ugh, was the ad in partnership with HBO Max talking about the new Jenna Lyons reality show.
1: Oh, God! I skipped this i okay, can I just I'm sorry, this is yours, but like mm. I don't understand the fascination with Jenna Lyons. I think that she's like not interesting.
2: You're a hundred percent right. she's not interesting um this show i've only- and I've only watched the first half of the first episode um because. John and I turned it off because we wanted to watch Citizen Kane last night in preparation oh, for wow. watching Man tonight.
1: <laughs> Reading a book, turning off reality shows I for know. Citizen Kane? My God, Professor.
2: Uh, and yet I am definitely going to go back to the show because Jenna, Jenna Lyons is so boring and so full of herself and so basic, but it the show reminds me of sort of like a slightly spiffier version of the Rachel Zoe project which I didn't realize how much I missed until I started watching this Jenna Lyons show. Cause she's yeah. just as crazy, but in like a different way.
1: Okay. I mean, I don't know. I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine that. I mean, does she have like assistants and stuff? Yeah,
2: so <laughs> she has um, She has a gay assistant and a girl assistant just like Rachel Zoe. Mm-hmm. Um, the show is like five shows in one. So it's it's sort of like a competition reality show because she has these quote unquote assistants that she is going to hire that have to do like tasks for her and she judges them. But then the show also is about her redecorating her friend's brownstone. But then it's also about her starting this new company. Um, so it's like a million different things in one. I don't really understand yeah. how it all resolves um but you
1: know i feel like reality tv has been really bad this year
2: Ooh, i just i was
1: really disappointed with hot dog the dog no, i
2: haven't seen that
1: that's also an hbo max show mm-hmm. which it's like hbo should not be doing that kind of thing anyway
2: but it's max baby they gotta expand they can't just they do to- undoing every week
1: it was i was disappointed in it I thought there was another one that, oh, the Netflix reality show about the two girls who redo your closet, dud.
2: Oh, I haven't seen that one either.
1: It was like they, they're like expert decorators and they would go to, like the first one was they went to Reese Witherspoon's house and redid her her closet of all her memorabilia from the movies she was in. So they were <laughs> like put, hanging up her like outfit that she wore in Legally Blonde and stuff and organizing it. I don't know. It just wasn't. I was like, I wanna see this. I wanna see like a person, like a crazy lady who lives in squalor and these women come and they like make her house look amazing for like five hundred dollars. Like that's what I want to see. I see. Like Reese Witherspoon, anyone could like Reese Witherspoon is gonna have a nice closet no matter what.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I guess I, I just I I'm not usually attracted to uh like home makeover shows. So I I I like like, you know, Bravo style crazy lady shows and then I also like some competition shows and so I think this Jenna Lyons one sort of like splits the difference between the two of them um but if it Mm -hmm. becomes more of just a home makeover show I don't know that I'll be interested for long
1: yeah I I like home makeover shows I like the Bravo crazy ones I like I like the Bravo prestige ones
2: (laughs) well like Top Chef. Top (laughs) Chef yeah yeah yeah
1: and then um, I also like the really like down and dirty ones that make me really, really depressed. Like- um, TLC? Huh?
2: Like the TLC ones, like my 600 pound life and all those ones.
1: Oh, n- I, no. The ones that make me really depressed are uh, like Shark Tank. Oh. And, um, oh, sometimes Brian and I will just like watch old Hell's Kitchen.
2: Yeah, I like, <laughs> or, like those those, yeah.
1: Or restaurant whatever it's called restaurant rest gordon ramsey restaurant makeover show whatever sure, it is sure. um uh,
2: john and i used to watch bar rescue a lot uh yeah i think john taffer might run for president <laughs> next time God. um yeah i don't know i i like i like the bra i like the bravo aesthetic I do I do like Netflix selling sunset because I think that has stolen a lot from the Bravo aesthetic. And oh, that, but
1: you know what? I didn't I think that selling sunset is inferior to the Bravo version of that one with Mauricio. Oh,
2: the million dollar listing.
1: Million dollar listing. I like million dollar listing, but selling sunset is too I don't know. It just doesn't have that like Bravo je ne sais quoi. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It, it just what, doesn't
1: happen.
2: I, I guess I like it because it the, the episodes are shorter and they spend less time looking at the houses that they're selling, which is what the Million Dollar Listing, the, the interpersonal drama between those people is so boring. So they end up spending a lot of time just with house porn, which to me gets old after a little while. I'd rather have the interpersonal drama, I think.
1: See, I think they do have interpersonal drama on the Bravo one, but it's all, it's like this like hyper-masculine, like capitalist, interpersonal yeah. drama where like they're not fighting about like their personal lives, but like they ha- they're bringing with them like all of their baggage and insecurity to this like meeting where they have to face off and like negotiate. Like they're like all- their entire like masculinity their masculinity is on the line, and it's like all riding on this like ten thousand dollars. Like who's gonna get the ten thousand dollars? And it's like gladiators, but yeah. they're like such assholes, and I love it.
2: See, I guess I like Selling Sunset because they they completely do away with the male characters on that show. And the the drama isn't about sort of making money or you know stealing someone's commission or whatever. It it, it does just revert back to the the feminized drama of the Bravo universe, which yeah, I more I'm more, it's I'm more of, comfortable like, watching.
1: Yeah, it's that see to me that's like kind of boring. Like it's it's like if it's like Vanderpump rules in a real estate office. Oh totally.
2: Yeah, which hey i like it that's why i like southern charm um because it's like vanderpump rules but even like more horrible people
1: yeah i don't know i think i don't know well you know what we both can go to our own corners of the real estate reality world and just zone out
2: yeah there's enough garbage for everyone yeah uh okay so what would you try
1: Okay. There's this book on breath work and I'm like, I need to get into breath work. I'm finally starting to get, understand why people care so much about breath work and how like trippy breath can be because it's like, (laughs) I feel, I sound, I feel really stupid right now, but last night I was doing that breathing exercise you're supposed to do. If you're like, afraid that you have been exposed to covid because oh, no. i worked on a set yesterday that i was like this doesn't that like didn't feel good and i was like kind of paranoid about it so you know you're supposed to lie on your i think you like lie on your stomach and like try to take really deep breaths
2: and that's supposed to prevent getting covid
1: i don't know if it prevents it or if it's like good if you have it and like this is something i saw like on tiktok so i don't know <laughs> but i mean couldn't hurt it's just breathing Yeah. but i was like it is kind of crazy that and I was also like deliriously tired cause I'd been on this, like, I just was like really tired and paranoid and like taking these really deep breaths and it was like midnight. And I just had this like, it's like so crazy how like breath is the most important thing. Like you have to breathe all the time and like you constantly have to take in, like physically take in the atmosphere. And like, that is what sustains you. Just had this crazy thought. I never really thought about it before, and then I was like, "Oh, is this is why like yoga people and like uh, like kind of like whatever alternative practitioners of various types will focus so much on your breath because it is. I mean, obviously, who knows? Like, you have to breathe, but like it's it's just there's something really interesting about it.
2: Well, it's true. It's something that everyone does. Like every second of every day, and very few people think consciously about it. Uh, so, in that sense, it is extremely important and interesting. Um,
1: yeah, and it's like it, it, and people talk about it keeping them grounded because it's like a, this, like physical. It's just about like how you are like physically connected to the world.
2: Yeah, I don't know. You should just stop calling it breath and just always call it pranayama, and then is that what they call it? Request. Uh, that's what in yoga you call it, pranayama, yeah.
1: Take a deep pranayama.
2: Uh, well, I mean, I think you just call breath in general pranayama. I don't know that you say, like, take a deep. Like, I don't think one breath equals one pranayama. Okay, it's,
1: like, it's like, so a, it's breath, the concept of breath.
2: Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think because I, like, I went to, you know, theater school so young, and, like, I got all that, like, breath shit. Force down my throat when I was like, I, I it just like I glaze over now when anyone talks about breath.
1: Yeah, I I always did too. We've talked about this because I also went to theater school. Yeah. Like when I was like fourteen, I started and like doing breath work.
2: I mean, we were both but basically all, child stars.
1: but it was for like the it was for the purpose of like projecting your voice basically it wasn't and like they would sort of because they were theater teachers like they would always try to like have some sort of like metaphysical element about like being connected or something but i did not know or care what they were talking about and i was just like should i have just gone to pali (laughs) (laughs) i don't like this but Uh, yeah
2: um but yeah you should get that book let us know what it's all about
1: what would you try uh
2: those french fries oh right air right fryer right french fries <laughs> yeah. uh yeah i might i might buy a couple extra potatoes next week when i get my lotka ingredients and and do a little experimenting in the air fryer
1: oh air fryer latkes. well no oh, no I, the point is to do it in oil
2: no 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 i would not do air fryer latkes. i would just use my extra potatoes to do some french fries um on the side on a different day. Oh, I see. But yeah, I wouldn't, I would not, I would not uh, sacrifice any of the oil in the latkes because that is literally the point of Hanukkah. And I am an extremely observant Jew.
1: Well, I think it's, (laughs) I think it's, (laughs) I don't think there's like a religious component to it.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you buy?
1: I would buy the Goop jeans, like all of the Goop jeans line. I just was on their website and I had this idea, another epiphany, kind of like my breath epiphany that Goop beauty products are the only ones that work and I'm going to spend the rest of my life only using them as much as possible at the end.
2: Wow. Um, It only took four and a half years doing this podcast for you to get converted.
1: Well, they're the only products that I've really used Except for my Sunday Riley retinol. Have I talked about that on here?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so.
1: It's blue. And it's insane. But other than that, I feel like nothing... There's nothing I use in that I'm like, oh my God, it worked.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Except for Goop products.
2: I mean... And now, you know, they're making they're making more of them every day
1: yeah but i want—I really want to get the goop jeans face cream
2: it does look nice i wonder i mean i guess it's unscented like most goop products uh do you want to know what night cream i'm using right now yes it's really trashy it's like oil Volay, like classic edition um that has so much fragrance <laughs> But it works. I swear to God, it's so rich and creamy. I love slathering it on at night. I love it. Well, and if it's you
1: like, like
2: it, then I yeah. And it. I think it works. I don't know.
1: I'm not using any. Oh well. I'm not using any night cream.
2: I ran out I'll of I'll my uh, oil. My retinol. Um, so I need to get more. I need to get like a. Do you recommend the Sunday Riley retinol serum?
1: I Highly. Highly recommend the Sunday Riley retinol. It's called like night. I don't know what the hell it's called. It's like Sunday Riley, like nighttime retinol oil, and it's blue. Like you'll know what it is because
2: it's blue. Yeah. Does what does it smell like?
1: Mm, It smells kind of. I mean, I like the smell. The smell is very controversial. I think it sort of smells like jasmine, but I think other people think it just kind of smells like this, like funky. It smells kind of natural. Okay. Um, it has a unique scent. I'll but check it out. I think that um, the benefits are enough that you you will start to like connect the smell with your own beauty, and then you'll start to love it.
2: That's the goal. Connecting the smell with your own beauty. Uh, much like I used to connect the smell of cigarettes with my own happiness. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. I know. And
2: I still love, I Oh God. One of my neighbors sometimes. smokes. And like when I walk out like around the corner, I sometimes catch a whiff and it is still the most glorious scent in the universe.
1: It either smells like the best thing in the world or the worst thing in the world depends. It can hit completely different. And yeah, no, that's true. Every cigarette is like that too. Like, I mean, it's been a long time since I smoked a cigarette, but I actually like, I don't know, a little, uh, maybe a year or two ago, I was like, I'm just going to smoke a cigarette. And I still had this like old stale pack of Parlaments oh. in my desk drawer that's like still there. And I was like, I'm just going to try one. And I like went outside and smoked it. And I was like, this truly is disgusting. Like it made me feel so sick. I hated it.
2: Oh yeah. Smoking. I think it's, it's been, yeah, a couple of years since I last smoked a cigarette and like smoking itself is so disgusting you do feel like the poison is like going directly into your lungs which it is but like to me that doesn't diminish the beauty of of secondhand smoke of smelling it from afar
1: yeah yeah I don't know I think I'll never like enjoy a cigarette again
2: yeah I think I would I would have to be extremely drunk um to enjoy it
1: but when I'm drunk whatever I feel like also back in my party days like I would be pretty drunk, but be like, I'm okay. And then I would smoke a cigarette and the cigarette would just knock me on my ass. And it was like, after the cigarette, I would get this like horrible headache. I didn't feel like I knew.
2: Gross, gross, gross. Um, Okay. What I would buy, and I wouldn't actually buy this because it's way too expensive, um, is the Hurom HAA slow juicer $459. It's the juicer that Goop advertises. They do now have, I do like that Goop has joined with Afterpay to provide um, a four month payment plan, non interest, for pretty much everything on their site now, which is sort of dangerous. Yeah,
1: but I mean, I feel like it's like that still would be like such a high number.
2: Oh, totally. Uh, But I did a little search online and the juicer that apparently people love is um by ACOC and it's $159 and it's pretty much the same as the one that Goop advertises so the ACOC slow masticating juicer extractor for $159.99 is officially on my Amazon wish list and it's what I want um because I love my process of juicing in the Vitamix and then putting it through the nut milk bag. And yet I want a simpler way to juice. And now I'm like juicing celery, like pretty much every day.
1: Wow. Fascinating.
2: Um,
1: I don't think I'll ever want a juicer.
2: I mean, I got used to like just a celery with like a knob of ginger and half an apple. Oh, can't be beat.
1: But isn't it bad for you?
2: I have no idea. Why would it be bad for you? Celery. The medical medium says it's great.
1: Medical medium does, but I thought that our new position on juicing is that it's bad for you because you don't get the fiber of whatever it is that you're eating. So you just are getting the like sugar from the, well, especially like from the fruit. But Yeah.
2: I think the thing with celery is it has like no sugar in it. So I mean, and half an apple, a sugar from half an apple. I'm sorry. I don't think that's that big of a deal. And I I could even forfeit the apple if I need to. Uh, and you're right. You don't get the fiber, but you do get those juicy, juicy vitamins. Hmm. And I forget why the medical medium is obsessed with celery. I think an angel. Well, him you know his... why
1: he's obsessed yeah. with celery. <laughs> he's the same reason he believes everything because spirit told spirit him. Spirit told him too.
2: Um, but I just love... I don't know. It's like, now it's my habit, like late morning, sort of after breakfast, but before lunch, if I need to just like procrastinate or whatever, or want a little pick me up, I go to the kitchen and do up a little juice and it makes me feel good. So,
1: yeah, actually, you know what? I actually do want one and I do want to make celery juice. I do. I feel like I could see how that's a real like, depression fighter if you're like just like in your apartment like what the fuck is going on? Do I have COVID? And is the world ending? And you're like, I'm just gonna make a celery juice right now.
2: Yeah. Cause at least like no matter if your world the world is crumbling around you, you don't know if, if you'll live or die. You don't know if you'll be, you know, thrown out onto the street. At least you know that you have the power to make some celery juice. Exactly. And so that's like a bit of control that you can have over an uncontrollable. It's true. Uh, I did think it was really funny that when I searched for juicer on Goop, they still were advertising the Juicero, which is that disgraced juicer company that went out of business five years ago.
1: Why is it disgraced?
2: Uh, because it was like seven hundred dollars, and then it turns out that because they their whole thing was like you buy these little packets of pre-chopped vegetables and it like pushes them mm-hmm. through the juicer, but it was like an Elizabeth Holmes situation where they discovered that if you just like. Used your hands to like crush the things. It like made it the juice just as good as as going through this the seven hundred dollar juicer.
1: Oh yeah, I do and then remember it went out of that. Wow. But
2: Goop's still advertising it.
1: Well, they've still got a fan. I guess Goop still has some numbers, some juicers to push. And- yeah,
2: I wonder. If they, I mean, they must have some stuck in the warehouse somewhere.
1: I guess so. I love our like fictional idea of like the goop warehouse that has like yeah. donabe.
2: Like, it's just Elise. Like it's like a it's like a storage center that Elise has that like mini little key that she like goes in and like yeah, and, grabs like, a donabi off the top shelf when someone orders it.
1: It's probably not that different from that. Just like maybe it's not Elise.
2: Uh, yeah, it's definitely not Elise. Not anymore. She's on. She's on book leave, guys. She's busy writing her what is it? Like seven deadly sins, but feminist, something horrible like that. Uh, Okay. We've been gone. we've been going on for way too long.
1: Okay. This is like a really long one. Yeah. So long. It's like, it's
2: it's literally getting dark.
1: (laughs) It's like the getting dark out and I haven't done anything all day. Okay. Okay. We're done. Thank you guys for listening.
2: I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope everyone's staying safe, just hunkering down listening to podcasts, waiting for, um, Nancy and Mitch to work out that stimulus package.
1: Oh yeah. But don't hold your breath.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay guys, we'll talk to you next week.
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.